born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. We want to do a song that almost every one of you in here, if you're at least 50 years of age, know the song. We get to the chorus and you want to sing along with it, go ahead. <clears throat> now, you know, we're, um, we're emotional type beings also. God knows that. You read the Psalms and you'll see the feelings that David's always expressing. So there's things that happens in our lives that I think it's good sometimes that express how you think or how you feel. And um, this is one of those songs that makes you think about your mom. How many of you in here have your mothers have already passed away? Can you see him? Oh, my stars. It's a lot of people. A rose and a Bible. <clears throat> There's a rose in a Bible It's been there for years Fresh and deep got pages with me A Bible was Some folks tell of their travels, and others a foreign land. But the story that I love to tell was written in my mother's hands. I don't need a fortune teller or a promise to read her life. For I can look at her hands myself and tell of the hardships and strife. To me, her hands were lovely. To others, they were wrinkled and old. But every line and every wrinkle told the sweetest story told. It was through her hand she told me of the things that were in her heart. The mending of clothes, cooking of meals. She always did her part. 
Simple ring adorned her hand, symbol of the tie that binds. True to father till death they part. I'm proud of her, this mother of mine. With her hand she held a Bible that she read to me each day. I can see her now it's been as she humbly knelt to pray. But now her hands lie folded beneath a lonely mound of clay, resting at last from her daily chores that she did day after day. Thank you, Lord, for my mother's hands. <clears throat> this is an occasion, this Sunday in May, when we honor our The older you get, the more you appreciate some of those songs. I used to drive by old Crackler Barrel and laugh at all those old folks sitting out there in those rocking chairs trying to get them going. Now when I finish eating, I go out there and I sit down in those rocking chairs and can barely get it going. You know, you change a little bit as you get older. I get more reminiscent, teary-eyed. Some says... Yankee, you're just mellowing. You know what mellow is. That's just right before you're rotten. <laughs> so I don't know. It's good to have you here today. And I hope that uh, you'll enjoy a few of the comments that I like to make. I uh, want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis in chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We've been studying in the book of Romans about the spiritual mind versus the carnal mind. A person who thinks about the things of God, to be spiritually minded, means to mind the spirit. But a spiritual mind leads to construction. A carnal mind leads to destruction. And the Lord tells us, unless the Lord build the house, we labor in vain that build it. We know that we're supposed to build upon a solid rock. And Christ says, if you build upon sand, it means you built upon man. You build upon the rock, it's because you built upon his sayings, what God's word says. Uh, we need to understand who in the world designed the home. Who designed it? You have to understand the purpose of the home in order to be the right kind of a father or right kind of a husband, the right kind of a mother, the right kind of a wife. 
You understand it from God's point of view. So the best way to do that, of course, to get back to basics, you've got to go back to the beginning. So here in the book of Genesis in chapter 2, I want you to look in verse 8. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Before God made a man, he made a perfect environment and put him in it. Wasn't that sweet of God? I, I like that. Now look there in verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Isn't that wonderful of God? Isn't that great? But, he says in verse 17, The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So there's one that you're not supposed to do. Now look there in verse 18. Verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. Now who said that? God said that. God said, It is not good that man should be alone. So he made him a golf club. <laughs> That's not in your Bible? It didn't say that. God gave him a football. God gave him a job. He did do that. Anyway. But he says, I will make him an helpmeet for him. In other words, like God made a man, but was he finished? Or was he complete? Some people have problems with the word complete and finished. It's like, am I, is it the same thing to be complete? Is it to be finished? If it's finished, it's complete. If it's complete, it's finished. Well, there is a slight difference. For example, if a man... Marries the right woman. He is complete. She is called a completer. She completes the man. But if he marries the wrong woman, he's finished. <laughs> if she catches the right man with the wrong woman, he's completely finished. Now, some of y'all are not going to go any further today. You're going to stay right there and think about what I've just said. But now, look down in verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to all the fowl of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found unhelpmeet for him. Now, I want you to understand. This is somebody to help to meet the needs of the man. God made the man first. Now, I know... I've had women tell me, he said, yeah, but he had some practice, and look what he did when he made the woman. Okay. Eve was the only one that could be, I guess you could call like an angel up in the air, nothing to wear and harping on something. So there was no help meet for him, someone to help meet his need. So God made a woman. And the angel that came down and talked to Adam and says, um, God wants to make you a perfect helpmeet, exactly like you, but it'll cost you a leg. He said, cost me a leg. He said, what can I get for a rib? <laughs> so, the Lord caused him to go to sleep. Anesthesia. And God performed surgery and he took a rib. And God made a woman. 
And look what happened. In verse 21, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. This is what usually happens to a man. He goes into a deep sleep. Like this uh, guy named Jesse. He said to Kyla, he said, I have a half a mind to get married. She says, that's all it takes. <laughs> and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. God brought the woman to the man. Now, who made the man? God. Uh, who made the woman? God. Who brought them together? God. Now, that's the way that God did it in the very beginning. This was all God's plan. Man did not design this. Woman, you did not design this. God did that. And God brought them together. Now, if there had not been any sin, there would have been no death. No death, Adam and Eve would still be alive today and still married. Don't that blow your mind? How long have you been married? 6,000 years. Maybe 10. Been married a long time. And so he says in verse 23, And Adam says, This is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, in verse 24, very important, Shall a man leave his father and his mother, cleave unto his wife, and they too become one flesh. And man, woman, get married, become one, and there's a child. Two became one. Now we're one in marriage, but we're also to be one in purpose. And the purpose is to find out what does God say and what does God want. So marriage is a divine institution. And I believe that the best thing that children can ever see about their mother is that their mother is loved and treated right by daddy. That is the stability of a home. The home should be a place of peace and joy and happiness, believe it or not. Now we know that it's not always the case, but it should be. The harmony of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit should be the same harmony that's there with the mom, the dad, and the kids. It should be a little bit of heaven on earth. But you and I, a lot of times, home is a little hell on earth. That's not the way God planned it. That's not the way God designed it. It's because sin has entered in. And that's not the way God wants it to be. So the divine institution of the home, of marriage itself, it provides a basis and order for the human race. And it's important because, you see, there are things that God has given to us that he wants us to do, to fulfill. We can either be constructive or destructive. Without God, everything falls apart. Without the Lord, you as an individual are very corrupt. You will go your own way. Marriages go their own way. Nations go their own way. But if we did what God says do, everything is constructive. Everything builds. Everything works God's way. But you see, we don't want to do things God's way. I had people that told me that we want to get married. 
And it came down to just about, I think, a month before they were to get married. The girl, she leans over the desk and she says, Pastor, when you do the vows, would you leave the word obey out? I says, what? She says, would you leave the word obey out? I says, no, ma'am, I will not. And if you won't obey him, I won't marry y'all. They had to get somebody else. If a woman isn't willing to do her role that God gave to her, don't marry the man. Let him find someone who will. Don't ruin your life and his. It won't work. So we're equal partners. It will not work that way. It's not the way God designed it. God set up things that will work God's way. And sometimes I think that children are ruined because they don't see the peace, the joy, the harmony between the mom and the dad. And it should be there. This is how they learn. And you'd be surprised that, like I talked to little Johnny, he said, I came from a broken home. I found out he broke it. But the Word of God has laid down a, a way that will work. And we need to understand it. It provides the boundaries for intimacy between a man and a woman. There's boundaries. And those boundaries are very important. They're boundaries that God has set, and he wants everyone to listen to what he has to say. Not to do so, there's no guidelines, and everything falls apart. It provides a stable environment for the children. A man, a woman that love the Lord, it provides a stable environment for those kids. Now, we don't always have parents that do what they're supposed to do. I wish that I could go back and redo some of the things that I've done when I was young in the Lord. But I didn't see how it's supposed to be. And I didn't always make the right decisions. I think I could do a better job the second time around. But we don't get that second choice. It's one trip through. And we do the best we can. Let me give you this. Love is the foundation for marriage and must be the basic concept for marriage. The mental love attitude in marriage finds many areas of expressions, such as our conversation, our graciousness, our companionship, and our physical intimacy. It's because of love. For example, a man and a woman, they can be married in a physical relationship, but not be happy because the love's not there. Sin abounds when love waxes cold. There's two kinds of wars that we are accustomed to. It's called the hot war and the cold war. The hot war is when things are not exactly right, and so we just verbally, we holler, yell, and shout, and threaten, and all that. All right, that's a hot war. You say, well, it don't last very long, and I get it off my chest, and I feel so much better. Uh, yeah, shotgun blasts don't last long either, but it sure does a lot of damage. Now, there's the other kind. It's the, uh, the silent treatment, the Cold War. We often talk about the Cold War we had with Russia. But there's a lot of Cold Wars going on in a lot of homes. If Cold War is where they just don't speak to each other. Or one don't speak to the other. Just give the cold treatment. Like, I didn't hear you. I didn't even see you. 
nothing goes right. And you become bitter and critical on everything that's said and done. And then they look for every flaw. The Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins. I've told people, you don't look and see with both eyes. Just see with one eye. Here with one ear. Don't always be looking for everything that can go wrong. Don't look for all the faults and the flaws. A man marries a woman because of the way she is. And he wants her just like that to stay. Don't change. And she marries him. I'll change him the way I want him. And it doesn't work. You accept each other the way they are. Remember the vow when you took those vows? For better or for. And a lot of time it gets worse. But what was the vow? What did you promise? I love you and I'll honor you until death do us part. For better or for worse, richer or for poor. So how many, how many wives can you have? Sixteen. Four rich, four poor, four six. Four. <laughs> Just one. One will do. But it's for better or for worse, richer or for poor. Sickness and in health. You see, those are things that we say and we promise. God is the one who is watching over every marriage. He knows everyone who's vowed and promised. Uh, this is what the children need. And the husband needs to treat the wife the way he's supposed to treat the wife. Because the kids need to see how they're supposed to treat their wife when they get married. By watching how daddy treats his wife. And that little girl, she needs to know how mama obeys her husband so that when she gets married, she'll know how she's supposed to treat her husband. But see, if all they see is hollering and yelling and fighting and fuming and fussing and all the rest of it, you're training them. That's how you solve your problems. They're learning from you. Now, I believe that God has placed... And it's the word of God. The man is to be the head of the body. See, I've only got one body up here. I've only got one head. Now, if I had two heads, I'd be a freak. Marriage only has one head. God holds the head, the man, as the head of the home, responsible for the home. Your wife is a mirror or a reflection of how you're doing. If she's not happy, the man needs to look in the mirror. He got to figure out how to meet not only the physical needs, material needs, financial needs, but the spiritual needs of the wife. Because if she's not happy, he won't be happy. Nobody's going to be happy. Because she, she is the mirror, the reflection of the harmony, the peace, the joy, the love of the home. She is what reflects to others his leadership and her submissiveness. So it goes both ways. So the man has got to try to make sure that when you choose to marry somebody, you choose somebody that knows the Lord and wants to serve the Lord. Because if she doesn't want to serve the Lord, she's not going to make a good wife in yielding. And understand this. If, for example, you want to honor the Lord, then the woman must honor her head. She must honor her husband. She must be obedient to her husband. Now, I'm not talking about where the man gets out the bullwhip and he whips 
I'm the boss. I'm the dictator. Everybody does what I say. If you have to do that, you're not fit to lead. If you can't lead by loving them, you're not fit to lead. And I can see why a lot of women rebel against their husbands because their husbands aren't fit to obey. They're not obeying the head over them, which is Christ. Because they're supposed to set the right example in forgiveness and compassion and mercy and understanding. Majority of men do not understand their wives. They don't know why they do what they do. I'll have to admit there's a lot of there. And it's hard, I know. But it takes the grace of God not to see everything, not to hear everything. And there's times when a a woman's moods can change like that. No cause for it whatsoever. Or no man has ever found the cause. (laughs) But you got to understand, you're supposed to be rock solid. You don't get overexcited and you don't go around greatly depressed. A man who's always depressed, always complaining, always down in the dumps, is not going to be a good example to anybody. You're supposed to have your confidence in the Lord, and you know God is going to walk you through whatever it might be, whatever the cares may be, and you trust the Lord for that. Take your Bible and look in the book of Romans in chapter 12. Romans in chapter 12. We often use this verse for... You know, trying to challenge and motivate somebody to serve the Lord. Uh, But I want you to look at it from a little different point of view. Romans chapter 12, and look there in verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now look in verse 2. Now, if you are a woman... I want you to read this verse. And if you're a man, I want you to read this verse. Because there's something in here for both. Where he says, be not conformed to this world. That means man or the wife to be conformed to this world. God wants the man and God wants the wife to be conformed to the word. So women, when you conform yourself to the word of God, you will learn to be obedient to God. And if you're obedient to God... You have to submit yourself to the husband that you married. You say, well, you ought to see what I married. Yeah, I, I know. I've seen a lot of that. Well, I just don't trust his judgment. Well, I can see who he married. It's hard to trust somebody that you don't love. And so a man and a woman needs to understand, look, can God change both of you? It's not the job of the man or the woman to change each other. But both should be conformed or changed as you grow in the Lord. And if you grow in the Lord, you'll grow closer to each other. My wife and I will be celebrating our 51st anniversary in another month. 51 years. That's that's not forever, I know. But it's still a long time. Been a long time. You know what, there was this, um, this man was sitting there in his chair, and, and his wife walked up to him and says, Honey, you no, know, this is our 50th anniversary. He said, I, I know, I know, I know. And she looked close and realized he had tears in his eyes. And she thought, this is, this is so touching. She says, Why you got tears in your eyes, hon? He said, well, You remember that day 50 years ago when 
your dad stuck that shotgun in my ribs and <laughs> he told me either I marry you or 50 years behind bars. She said, yeah, I remember that. She said, today I'd be a free man. <laughs> uh, you have a wife. You have a husband. Love each other. Forgive each other. Neither one of you are perfect, are you? Would take my place. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.